0: Most of us believe in some sense of destiny, some sense of calling. Of course, that's all well and good in theory, but in practice, life just seems to grind on and, and the reality is that most people have lost any sense that they may have had that God has a call on their lives. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're going to open God's Word together to discover who God's calling you to be and what he's calling you to do. And please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about my free daily devotional, Fresh. It's all about helping you draw closer to Jesus so that you can become all that he's created you to be. It's true, isn't it? We all love to think that there's some, I don't know, destiny for our lives, some call that there is to fulfil, that somehow there's a point to life, that when we're gone, we'll have left our mark, that our lives will have had some significance, some purpose. That's what we'd like to think. But the cold, harsh reality for most people is that the sheer grind of daily life obscures any altruistic narrative that we might have had for our lives. I remember as a young man, 17, 18, 19, I had all sorts of hopes and dreams for the future. But by the time your mid-20s are over and done with, and you're married, with a mortgage, with children, trying to carve out a career, dealing with the pressures of work and family and and finance and all that stuff, it's head down, ploughing through it all, expending all your energy on just getting through each day. So you get to the weekend, you flop on the lounge exhausted, you have to do the shopping and the cleaning and and run the children around here and there and everywhere else, mow the lawn perhaps, just so you can get back into it again on Monday. And so day by day, week by week, month by month, and even year by year, life just slips inexorably by until all of a sudden you look up and and 10 years has gone by and then another 10 years and then another. And before you realise it, you're looking back on a life of what exactly? Just eking out an existence? Just just making it by? That's the reality for most people, isn't it? Living a life that doesn't seem to count for much, a life that doesn't seem to make much of an impact in this world. The reality is that dragging ourselves out of our comfort zones is not at all easy. When the ordinariness of life appears to be so demanding and yet strangely at the same time so alluring... There's there's an inertia about your life when it comes to stepping out and following God, isn't there? That's certainly what Moses found. Forty years of living in Pharaoh's house in in privilege and in comfort, then forty years living in wilderness, tending the sheep, so that by the time God comes to him and calls him to step up to the mark, Moses is a burnt-out old wreck without any self-confidence whatsoever in his own abilities and giftings and the call of God. By the time God comes to him to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go, Moses, well, you'd have to say he's pretty well convinced that he's over the hill. You'd think that he'd be jumping at the chance to do something of significance, but not so. Have a listen. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and and see why the bush isn't burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then God said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said, further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know all their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I'll be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship me on this mountain. So there there was a pressing need. It spoke right into Moses' heart for his people, and yet his first reaction was in effect to say, God, you, you're kidding me, Right? And if you read on, you'll see that he came up with at least four more excuses why it wouldn't be a good idea for God to send him, of all people, despite the miracles of power that God showed him, to the point where God became angry with Moses. Have a listen, Exodus chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. But Moses said, this is excuse number five, O my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of God was kindled against Moses. And he said, What of your brother Aaron, the Levite, And see, that's often the way with us too. Sure, it's fine to dream about the amazing things that God's going to do through us one day. One day, a long way in the future. And oh, by the way, in our dreams, there are never any challenges or obstacles. It's always plain sailing. But when that day comes, when God finally comes along and taps you on the shoulder, when dreaming goes from comfortable soft sofa to getting out there on the dusty hard road with Jesus, what? Me? God! Surely you should send someone else, someone far better qualified than me. First Corinthians chapter one verses twenty six to twenty nine. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what was foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing the things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. See, that's the truth of the matter. God calls simple people like you and me to do the things he wants done on this earth. Bog ordinary people like you and me to do and to achieve absolutely extraordinary things through the extraordinary power of an extraordinary God. Don't miss out on that day. Don't ignore God's call on your life. Because if you do, one day you'll be looking back on a wasted life. And what a tragedy that would be. I distinctly remember when God was in the process of calling me out of my comfortable, affluent IT consulting career into full-time ministry. You know, it wasn't an easy step to make. It was about going from lots of money to a ministry that was ailing and failing at the time. It was about leaving my career behind, my reputation behind, everything I'd worked so hard for for over 20 years behind. And a dear friend of mine, Dave Hanson, who now lives in Kansas City, serving the Lord there, sent me a book called Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. I read that book and was so deeply convinced of the horror of a wasted life, the horror of coming to the end and looking back on a life of regret, a series of what if I had decisions, that I took the step. Now, now look, not everyone, praise God, is called a full-time ministry. Some people are called to sacrifice in other ways, to give generously, to to serve as leaders at their church, to, to help the poor, the needy, the homeless, the hurting, each according to the gifts and the abilities and the resources that the Lord our God has entrusted us with. But let me come back to my definition of a wasted life. It's a life where we don't do what God has called us to do, a life where we waste our resources and our gifts and our energies on ourselves rather than as God had planned. It is the most unfulfilling life. It's a waste. Remember, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he prepared beforehand for us to walk into. So, how are you going to spend the rest of your life? I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. The Word of God is alive and active, amen, with the power to transform your life, to help you be all that God made you to be. And that's what the Fresh Daily Devotional is all about. It's completely free, and I'd love to send it to you. Each day, you'll receive a life-changing scripture, together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement from me, delivered right to your inbox, where you can choose to read, listen or even watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. Remember, God's Word is the power to change. It's fresh for you each day. You can subscribe to receive your free daily devotional at freshdevotional.org or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh Devotional, if that works better for you. Again, that's freshdevotional.org or 1-300-722-415. My prayer is that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through the power of his word. And there is such an incredible power in the word of God, is there not? So let's dive straight back in to see what else he has for us today. For many people, and I've been in this space too from time to time, there seems to be a yawning gap between what they hear preached on Sunday morning and how their lives play themselves out Monday through Saturday. You see, There seems to be a huge gap between the powerful statements about faith and God's plan and overcoming obstacles on the one hand and and actually living life on the other. How often have you heard or read these words from Jesus? Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Well, that's just fine and dandy. Thank you, Jesus. But that doesn't seem to be how my life works. There are these obstacles in the road, and they don't seem to be moving and so I'm stuck in this rut. Here I am, I, I want to serve the Lord, but things just aren't happening. And then Jesus comes along with these very high statements about faith and prayer. Here's another one, John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You see the dilemma, don't you? The Bible, in fact, Jesus seem to promise one thing, and yet our cold, hard experience in life seems to declare the complete opposite. How often have you asked God for something and it hasn't happened? The answer for anybody who's been praying for any length of time is, is lots of times, right? And it's this dilemma that discourages so many people from stepping out and living the life that God has planned for them. You see, it's this yawning gap that has many people turning back in droves, back to their old lives, back to their comfort zones, back to living for themselves, rather than pouring out their lives for others in Jesus' name. Fact. Obstacles make us want to turn back. Over the course of this week, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking a bit about the old Moses, this man whom God called from obscurity to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I'm going to fast forward just a bit from where we were before the break. Moses goes and confronts Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, no. So now God sends 10 plagues on Egypt. Eventually, Pharaoh relents and the Israelites flee through the Red Sea, which God has miraculously parted for them. And then the Egyptian army is destroyed as the sea comes back and drowns them. The greatest military machine on earth was completely destroyed by God. I mean, that's all pretty miraculous, wouldn't you say? If you or I had been one of the Israelites following Moses out of Egypt, I mean, you would have been totally amazed. Wouldn't it have completely changed your perspective of God, having seen that? Sure it would. But listen to what happens the moment the Israelites discover that there isn't any food to eat or water to drink out there in the desert. So God's done these amazing miracles, and now they need food and water. Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 and 3. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly, with hunger. The moment they run into their very first obstacle, they hanker to return to the safety and the predictability of Egypt, even though back there they were oppressed as slaves. Why is that? Because the obstacle confronting them, the lack of food and the lack of water for a million or so people out in the desert, appeared to be completely insurmountable. And in human terms, it was. A wise person once said, when God is about to do something great, he starts with a difficulty. But when God is about to do something truly magnificent, he starts with an impossibility. Would you like to know what God did next for the Israelites? It comes in the very next verse, Exodus chapter 16, starting at verse 4. The Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people will go out and gather enough for just that day. In that day I will test them whether they will follow my instructions or not. But on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gathered on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against him. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. And then God did what he said. He rained food down from heaven because that's what God can do. What seems impossible to you and me is simply an opportunity for God to display his power and his glory. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, it was you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is impossible for you. And all that you and I need is just a mustard seed of faith. That's all. Just stop and think about it. To move a mountain, you don't need faith that's bigger than the mountain. That's what we normally think. The laws of nature, the laws of physics that we understand and live by require the force that moves the mountain to be bigger and more powerful than the mountain. So we get to thinking that we have to be bigger and more powerful, that our faith has to be bigger and more powerful, when all along, simply a mustard seed of faith will do. Why? Because God created the universe and nothing is impossible for him. To him, that mountain, that massive obstacle on your road is less than a speck of dust. When are we finally going to wake up to the fact that obstacles are path for the course? Obstacles are the opportunity for God to do the miraculous. Obstacles are simply no excuse for a wasted life. When I stepped out into the Ministry of Christianity Works back in 2004, the ministry was dead broke. We weren't producing any radio or TV programs, which is our reason for being, and everything looked impossible. Fortunately, I was still young enough as a Christian to have childlike faith, simply to believe that God would do it. I didn't have a clue about anything much, really. No idea about how to produce radio messages, no idea about how to approach radio stations, even if we had something to put to air. No idea about how to get people to support the ministry so that it could go on. Nothing. Not a clue. But God had all he needed. He had a mustard seed of faith in my heart, and that is all he needed. These days, people look at the ministry of Christianity Works, the ministry that produces these daily programs, and they smile at how successful it is. Millions of listeners around the world each week. Wow, amazing. But you have no idea how many mountains have been moved along the way each time testing our faith, each time taking us to the edge, each time having us down on our knees imploring God to intervene. There have been so many impossible situations, so many times when this ministry should have folded since it was founded in 1957. But each time God showed up, not in the way we'd planned, not always to make it easy but to take us to the next level and the next level, all the time growing our faith, all the time testing our resolve, all the time walking with us, going ahead of us, preparing the way even though we couldn't see it. Obstacles are no excuse for turning back. Obstacles are no excuse for a wasted life because nothing is impossible for God. Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. Life can be hard work some days and as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone just as the spirit leads perhaps even when you least expect it. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give to you today? So, if you'd like the occasional bit of encouragement to help you live your life in victory, then head across to victorysms.org. And when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands of people already have, and the most common response oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. Okay, let's head straight back into the Word of God. impossible truly is possible. God has a call on your life. He made you who you are. You are purchased at a price. You are not your own. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. And in all of that, God has this amazing plan for your life. It may sometimes not be all that clear to you and me what his plan might be, but in his mind, in his heart, It's crystal clear. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for your harm, to give you a future with hope. And this reality, this this story, your story, intertwined with God's story, the the part that God has ready for you to play as he draws humanity towards himself, is the scene, the backdrop, the, the context of your life and where you are at the moment. It's the big picture, the big story of your life. And it's time for you to get a grip on the incredible trouble that God has gone to to make you who you are, to put you where he's put you, to give you the gifts and the abilities and the experience and the insight that he's bred into you through your DNA and nurtured in you through your experiences on your journey so far. Do you get it? You, yes, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God, and God does have a purpose for you. It's all summed up beautifully in a single verse that the Apostle Paul penned oh, back in the first century. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You are God's workmanship. Let this sink in. You are God's workmanship. You have been created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that God prepared beforehand for you to do, literally in the original Greek, that God prepared beforehand for you to walk into, the good works that God's got ready before time began to be your way of life. God has a plan for your life, an incredible, powerful plan to use all the good things and all the bad things that have happened to you as well to bless other people. But the sad reality is that so many people miss out on that plan. They look in that mirror day after day at themselves every morning, and, and they say, end up wasting their lives. God isn't in a hurry. You know, for me it was eight years from when I started sensing that God was calling me to share the good news of Jesus with millions of people until God finally called me into this ministry of Christianity Works. And when he did, the ministry was a complete wreck. It was ready to fold. It wasn't ministering to anyone much. And as a result, it had no supporters and therefore no funds. But over the last decade and a bit, I've seen God do so many amazing things. I've seen so many of the things that I I dreamed about all those years before come to fruition because they were all part of God's plan. When I get an email from an African terrorist who's killed so many people but has heard this program on his radio and gives his life to Christ and lays down his gun, I think back to those, those dreams. They seemed so silly at the time. They were just dreams. Now we're living that dream. When I get an email from a woman in the UK who's about to swallow some pills and take her own life. She's already written her farewell letter to her husband and her daughter, whom she loves very much. And this program comes on air, and I happen to be talking about that day her favourite Bible verse. God pulls her back from the brink. He changes her life completely. I am so glad that God didn't let the crazy dreams in my heart die During those dark days when all I could see was storm clouds, don't stop dreaming. Don't stop believing that God has a plan and a call on your life. Don't lower your gaze to the here and now, to making money, buying the latest gadget, all that stuff. Because none of those things will ever satisfy you. And in the end, when your end comes, what sort of a life will you have looked back on? A wasted life? Man, what a tragedy that'd be. So I'm going to encourage you listen to God's word today. Believe Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Let the, let the Holy Spirit bring that to life in your heart, to nurture the dreams in your heart. Set your mind free to roam and to wander. Because God wants to use your gifts, your dreams, your abilities, your experiences, all that He's given you to make a difference in this world. Anything less, my friend, would be a waste of life. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today, securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, two things. Firstly, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I've been telling you about. It's only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Secondly, we would love to pray for you. Absolutely. Just click on the powerful prayer tile at the bottom of the homepage. Again, that's all at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.